This episode is brought to you by our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash gamezilla media. Which means this episode is brought to us by you. Right? That's how not it works. no, not me. No, no, the fan. Right, yeah. The yes. listener. We're talking when I say you, I mean the listeners. Yes, the the figurative you, right? Yes. But nobody else is in here with us as we record this. Who are I'm you lo- talking I'm about? I'm looking at the computer when I say it. Oh, oh. oh no. Alright. So just go to GameZilla Media on Patreon.com. There you'll be able to choose your patronage level and get different access to the shows. So you can get exclusive content for The Legend of Retro and Noobs and Dragons. Noobs and Dragons? The show with that handsome devil, Craig WK? Well, almost all of those words were right. Yeah. And if you go on there and sign up, you can also get access to a private Discord channel in our Discord group. Basically, the more dollars you give us, the more things we can give you. Exactly. So go to patreon.com slash gamesillamedia and become a patron today. Do it. Yeah. Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is The Legend of Retro. Welcome to this week's Legend of Retro podcast. This is Chaps. And Craig WK. That's right, Craig. This week, Craig. Mm Mm-hmm. WK. Indeed. It is a game around a franchise. I will say a universe that I have huge weight in my heart for. I've, I've heard that uh, uh, it, it's a pretty unknown uh, universe. <laughs> yeah, you know, not many people are familiar with uh, Marvel superheroes, but, you know, we're going to talk about the the classic uh, Marvel superheroes game. It's just called Marvel superheroes. It, it predates Marvel vs. Capcom. It does. But this game was released in the arcade on uh, October 24th, 1995, and then on PlayStation and Saturn in late 1997. Yeah, it's a fighting game that stars the heroes of Marvel doing battle against the dreaded Thanos, who's gathering the gems, to, or the Infinity Gems, the Infinity to gems. Infor- form the Infinity Gauntlet. Now, I always mess up. I always forget one one Infinity Gem. Do you know all of them? Oh, or no. Now, Should here's we go the back thing. and forth? Yeah, so let's see what we can, if we can remember them all okay. between us. So there's the Soul Gem. Yep. There's a Time Gem. Uh-huh. There's a Space Gem. There's a Space Gem. Yep. There's the Reality Gem. Reality. And then there's... Oh, what is the fifth? I... Uh, shoot. Uh, you have Time, Space, Soul, Reality, and... I'm pretty sure it's just Power. Oh yeah, I think it might be just the power, the gem of power. Yes. So these are like gems, and, and so we wanted to do this episode one because we love Marvel superheroes. Yeah. Two, it's pretty relevant right now because of the movies that are out. So why not tie into that? So so in the movie they explain where these gems came from. They're basically predate reality and mm-hmm. existence, and are are the harnessed and refined forms of the greatest powers in the world or in all of being. And Thanos is this lovely purple man who wants to collect these gems and even the odds. And by even the odds, I mean he wants to get rid of half of all existence. So the mad titan, <laughs> Thanos, has a, a couple of uh, uh, sort of variations on him. So in, yes. the, in the movie, he just sort of wants to like kind of like balance out the universe. Right. And the comics a little bit different. Oh, yeah. In the comics, he's way more evil. He's crazy in the comics. He's in love with death. Death is a literal character in, in the comics. So when we say in love with death, not like the... Uh, Etherealness, or, or I mean, he's a little in the, love the, with the yes, ethereal, well, the, the sort of that the the, the idea, unta- yeah, the intangibleness of death. Yeah, but there's literally a character who is a skeleton in a robe, cloak, or whatever called death that he's in love with and wants to impress. Yeah, he, he basically wants to go on a on a date, and the way he impresses <laughs> for this date is by killing. Everybody eradicating Almost half everybody. the universe. Yeah, it's it's honestly uh, uh, the the Infinity Gauntlet saga in Marvel was sort of uh, I don't think it was the first of like the the like you know clash all the the comics I, together. I don't remember if it predates Infinity War or um, Secret uh, War, Secret War or Crisis on Infinite Earths in DC. Um, but but in the in the big comic book re like genre of these conglomerates DC and Marvel, they have every now and then these all out battles against a being that is threatening 
the world or changing drastic things to the continuity of the universe mm-hmm. and then all superheroes and sometimes villains need to get together and fighting it. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of the interesting thing with all with especially like the Infinity Gauntlet and uh, uh, all these other sagas in Marvel is that uh, you you have, you know, this like climactic clash of the universe where like Doctor Doom doesn't want to just be eradicated. Right, exactly. You know, he's going to join up with Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four yeah. no matter how much he hates them because he's got to, you and, know. And Magneto joins Magneto, up in there. Yeah. So this is a this is a typical fighting game. Mm-hmm. It is a, I love it as an arcade fighting game. I played it mostly in the arcade. Honestly, I think the best way you can describe this, and it almost just like at that point goes without saying, is it is a Capcom fighting game yes there you go yeah it's a 90s capcom fighting game you almost can't do better than that the the this is the second marvel game that's been out yeah prior to that is x-men children, children of, of the, the atom mm-hmm. and honestly they they hit it off huge with this game like it's at the peak of 90s like okay so it's early it's it's 90s Early '90s, right? Uh, mid, uh, or, or, mid, mid '90s. Mid-90s. Well, at least when this it's, game came it's out, it's the peak of '90s comics. I feel like it may be dying off a little bit at this point, but the X Men are huge. Comics in general, the '90s were soaring. You have collectibles of all sorts mm-hmm. in between toys and like cups and comic books themselves, stills, all sorts of yeah. stuff. And mm-hmm. this game came at the perfect time because I feel like. Without this game, obviously without the first one, we wouldn't have the success of Marvel vs. Capcom and all that kind oh, of stuff. Oh, absolutely. But I think this is the only reason why it, these kind of games seem viable, is you took this strong cast of characters, the popularity of the time, put them in just a real simple game, focusing on a hugely impactful arc, and then you make money. That's it's literally a money making machine. <laughs> it, it pretty much is. It's 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 hard to to go wrong with this combo. You took Capcom, who were just like aces at making fighting games. You know, they were fluid. They controlled beautifully. Mm-hmm. And the, so many fighting games, you know, from that era. You know, I, I you know when you think back to the '90s fighting games, you think back to like Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, and you know it's like oh, okay, yeah, they were all good. But there were so many that weren't. There were yeah. so many that had really crummy controls. And, you know, just like bad character rosters and stuff, just like, you know, they were all around really crappy. Or, or they were just reskins of popular styles of games. Yeah. Like arcade games, there was plenty of uh, beat-em-up games. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them were like just it's the same thing with a different skin, and it's the next one of the series. Or it's uh, it looks like this game, but it doesn't really play like it. We added this one element to make it different. Like, yeah. there wasn't variety. The, the variety that was there wasn't enough. Right, absolutely. And and so, you know, you, you had Capcom who, who just made amazing fighting games, and they got together with Marvel, and they made, you know, a clash of X-Men and uh, Marvel characters. And I mean, you know, like, let's face it, the, the plot to the, the arcade game, the PlayStation 1 game, whatever, whatever version you're playing, it kind of doesn't matter. It's a fighting it, game, you know? It doesn't, and it does to me because it captures... Honestly, it's like the best uh, a, a character cast and villain cast for a fighting game because you want it to be, oh, there's this madman that I have to fight uh-huh. at the end of this, kind of like with Mortal Kombat. You know, you go through all these fights, all these fights, and then you fight, uh, was it Shao Kahn, right? Uh, that was thing? the second game, yeah. And it's just like you get there and you just get hammered from <laughs> from them like like you want it to build up and build up and feel like yeah. you it's worth it and this game it definitely does that and and part of it is you have your iconic characters you got iron man spider-man captain america and the hulk but you, it also is pulling from children of the atom that took the most popular characters from that game and mm-hmm. moved them on and that included wolverine juggernaut Psylocke and Magneto. They also added in a few extra really kind of weird characters. I love these characters. So, let's, do you know a lot about them at all? I, you no? know, I know a bit. A bit. Okay, good. So, so we have Blackheart. Blackheart is now I at first when I was younger, I didn't understand why Blackheart was in this game as well as like future Marvel vs. Capcom. Obviously, he's in Marvel vs. Capcom because he was in this game. Right. But Blackheart, it was created by Mephisto. Yes. So Blackheart, I love the backstory of Blackheart. Just to give more, a little more depth, mm-hmm. uh, a depth. He's primarily a villain of Ghost Rider, but yeah. he first appeared in Daredevil 270. And 
Mephisto created a son from the town Christ's Crown in New York because of the accumulated evil and murders that happen in this city. <laughs> right? And, and Mephisto is a hell lord. Like, he he's is the a... Devil. He's the devil. He is the Marvel version of the devil. Right. Mephisto is one of my probably favorite characters in Marvel, if that's a surprise. Right. And it's is it just, a surprise? It's not. Oh, okay. Uh, it's, it's just... It, 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 like, goes, like... I think of Dormammu also as just yeah. like a demon lord. Um, so they're all within that same range for me. But yeah, Blackheart is just an evil, evil looking character. And it's like, I love the character design because it's just purple with black. And oh, like yeah. shadow. He, he's like a being made of shadow. And, and I mean, he, he's really evil. He wants to corrupt others around him. That's right. his gimmick. Right. Much like Mephisto. And the reason I think that they added him in this game is because Mephisto plays a very large role in the Infinity Gauntlet yeah. saga. He's perpetually behind Thanos and he's trying to like trick him so that he can get the Infinity Gems. Right. You know, he, he doesn't really want Thanos to have him, but he's really, you know, through trying flattering him and yeah. manipulating him and stuff. Uh, so aside from Blackheart, uh, you have, you know, like Dr. Doom, of course, who almost goes without saying he's the foe of the, uh, yeah, he's the foe of the, uh, the Fantastic Four. He's the, like, you know, he's the ruler of, uh, Latveria. Is that what his country's called? Yeah. Latveria. And, uh, yeah, he, he controls like magic and technology. He's a really powerful character. Uh, you have, uh, you know, uh, Psylocke. Uh, you had mentioned was added in, which yep, was a mutant. Was, yeah, is one of the. Uh, I had always thought that Psylocke was kind of an interesting choice because it was like I didn't really read a lot of comics with Psylocke when I was younger. But you mentioning that she was uh, a really popular character in the previous game, yeah. that it kind of you know makes more sense. But here's the weirdest of them all. Is it the weirdest? I like it a lot. Shuma Gorath. Shuma Gorath. Did you expect a a Lovecraftian elder god to be in this game? I love because it. he is. He is a beholder. He he's sort of a beholder. He's he's, he's he's like a big central eye with a whole yeah. bunch of tentacles off. Yep. He mutates and like twists his form around. Yep. And he is the enemy of Doctor S- Doctor Strange, right? Correct. Do you know the backstory on Shumagora? Uh, to the best of my knowledge, and you can correct me if I'm off, because you know a little bit more about yeah. the comics than I do. Uh, Shumagorath is sort of like the ruler of this other dimension, right? And he's just perpetually trying to like take over our like our world, quote unquote, right? So he yes and no. So. I, I hope I hope I'm I'm teaching you things that will be used in further uh, material for it, noobs and dragons for, for something we'll see I don't know <laughs> Shumagora uh-huh. he's typically an adverse uh, adversary of Doctor Strange yeah but he existed before the Earth's history and was ruled the world oh and right. demanded human sacrifices. So he was sort of like a uh, he was what humans worshipped like before the the rise of like Christianity and stuff, right? And then got sealed away or sent to another dimension, things like that, yeah. to by heroes and and kind of uh, that's where that Lovecrafting thing comes in. You know, you, it's an old god or, or elder god or whatever that's mm-hmm. been sealed away or gone for millennia, but still there. That's kind of what his gimmick is, but he he. Comes back and tries to rule the world over and over and over yeah. again. And Doctor Strange has to battle him and battle him and battle. Until one point, Doctor Strange kills him. Uh huh. And then Shumagorath takes over Doctor Strange, and, <laughs> and Doctor Strange starts oh, no. turning into Shumagorath. And he has to kill himself <laughs> to prevent Man. him from coming back. That's horrible. Isn't that crazy? That's ridiculous. And then, the, like, obviously, he gets resurrected, of and then Shumagoroth sure. goes back to his other dimension. Whatever. Sure, of course. Yeah, but it's, it's this, comics, it's yeah. this eyeball tentacle creature that can make teeth out of his, out of nowhere, appear. It, 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 it demands human sacrifice. It is the thing of Craig dreams, not Craig nightmares. Craig <laughs> dreams. Well, you know what they say, chops. You know that old saying? You you are what they you eat? I don't know what. That is not dead, which can eternal lie. Oh, no. And in strange aeons, even death may die. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just All like right. mom used to say. Sure. Just like mom used to say. So <laughs> the the cool the other cool piece about this game is there's some really, really nice character artwork for them. Oh yeah, they the look screens good. and everything. But what I didn't realize and when I did more research into this, the reason why I like it so much is because um 
Jack Kirby w- with Stan Lee created a lot of these characters. Mm-hmm. He he did the Hulk, Iron Man, Thor, the original X Men, Doctor Doom, Black Panther, Magneto, a whole bunch of other people. Oh yeah, a ton of characters. Um, Jack Kirby was crazy. Captain America, which I realized was a character created prior to the existence of Marvel, and it was for Timely Comics, I think it was called, um, and. Mm-hmm. They dedicated the artwork to him in memory of him, yeah. which I thought was really cool because the Jack Kirby Hulk is the one I love the most. Oh, really? It is the original. I love that original artwork because he just he seems so much more Frankenstein yeah. as a character. And I really, really appreciate that. Nowadays, he just kind of looks like every muscly figured superhero right. that's out there. But uh, I really appreciate Jack Kirby and everything that he's done for Marvel Comics and the creation of these iconic characters. That's why I, I like when I look at the artwork and then when I did my research, I, it all connected to me and why I also just love looking uh-huh. at the game. Not even just playing it, just looking at it. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a gorgeous game. Uh, yeah, uh, Jack Kirby passed away February 6th, 1994, and the game was uh, uh, dedicated to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, more recently, uh, uh, Stan Lee uh, has passed away too. Right. Uh, so you know they've sort of both uh, kind of left us, which is sort of uh, sort of sad. But yeah, Jack Kirby's work was was insane. It was great, you know, and and you know his art and his work he did with Stanley, you know, and sometimes without Stanley. Right. There's a little bit of uh, contention between them, which is, is a little confusing. Yeah. I, I don't know a lot about their their sort of rivalry. There was um, a dispute over who owned the rights to Fantastic Four. Um, who created who in that group? Yeah, but I think most of that has been hashed out. But I, well, I, I, I mean, haven't de- delved into it too at deep. this point with both of them having passed it's on. Up to it's the families now. Dead. I mean, I would argue that nobody will ever really know now, right. for, for sure. But uh, but I know that like there, I mean, there were at least legal rulings before, yeah, of yeah. course. But uh, but yeah, uh, you know, there is one other character that I didn't mention, Anita. Anita from Darkstalkers. Yeah, right? she's an unlockable character, but only in the Japanese version. Yeah, I I really like her as a character. She's really unique. She's a witch. Yeah, she's uh, a, a little like little girl witch. Yeah, um, but it was weird. Yeah, I know. Being in the Marvel game, weird. Yeah. And then I think she was regularly in them, the Marvel vs. Capcom games. After that, right? Oh, Anita might be in some of them. I don't remember. Or am I thinking her. Morgan? Morgan is in the, Marvel vs. Capcom yeah. and one and two. Uh, though Anita might have eventually been added in like three. I'm not as familiar with the third one. Okay. And she could be in the second one. The cast was so huge. Yeah. I. Uh, but yeah, so I uh, uh, the the gameplay is is pretty basic. You know, it's uh, quarter circle moves like most you know Street Fighter style. Yeah. Uh, you know, and all the, the I, I really appreciate that all the characters have very very fitting moves. You know, you oh, don't see Spider Man. Yeah, you don't see Spider Man shooting Hadoukens or no. anything. You know, he shoots out web. Yeah. The Hulk like rips up the ground and like heaves it, and it like yeah. you know like like boulders go flying up and stuff. The Juggernaut like just fills the screen and crashes forward. They're great representations of. Of the characters in their comic form, like Absolutely. Magneto's levitating uh-huh. and using his magnetic powers to throw things. Um, Captain America has a shield as a weapon in it. it. It's so it's so fitting for the characters. If you have an opportunity, even just check out like a, a like a let's play of the game or something, because it like not only do the characters look great, but they do a good job with like the background art and stuff. Oh yeah, and uh, like so, uh, Spider Man is like uh, uh, in like a, I think he's in a construction yard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Magneto who. Uh, uh, at first, I was like, okay, that just looks like sci-fi nonsense, but it dawned on me that he's supposed to be in Asteroid X, yes. so he's in his space base, because yep. in the 90s, that's what was going on with Magneto. It was Asteroid M, yeah. Or Asteroid M, is that what it was? Asteroid M. Asteroid M. Oh, right. Uh, Weapon X, Weapon Asteroid X. M. Yes. So many random letters. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, yeah, Asteroid M, uh, uh, that you know, is where Magneto is, and then, of course, uh, uh, Thanos' stage is on the that random world that he's yeah. on throughout most of uh, Infinity Gauntlet, uh, you know, and uh, uh, in fact, when you defeat Thanos, uh, at the ending of the game, all the heroes that you don't get to play as are, like, turned to stone in the background, mm-hmm. and they all get freed. Oh, so, like, so, cool. uh, so Thor, like, you know, like, like swings his hammer up in the air at the ending of the game and stuff because at first like when i was playing through this i was like man why wasn't thor anywhere in this game and he's at least in the ending right and and the other aspect to this is the infinity gems that you get while fighting so you get them while doing certain things yeah uh, and they cause certain extra bonuses to you 
Um, like for example, Spider-Man, when he uses the power gem, mm-hmm. it creates another Spider-Man. <laughs> he does like a, almost like a ninja style, like duplicate yeah, of on, himself at like attacks. Right. And it's on the opposite side of your opponent. So you can immediately just like, you know, double edged, go at him and fight. And like there, there's just these really neat effects. And then the super combos are really cool. But is there any other favorite gem ones that you had or no? I, I mean, like I, I didn't do as much research on each individual character's yeah, gem yeah. attack because each one has their own. Right. But I thought that was interesting that every character has like their own special move tied to one of the gems. Right. And like the gems can be like picked up in the battles and stuff. It's it's really interesting that they they put that much extra work into it that they're like, hey, yeah, let's just throw in a, like an infinity gem meter. Right. And then you have your power meter, which can do your super combos or your ultra finishes or whatever the heck they call it. Berserker Barrage. And Berserker Barrage is one of them for Wolverine, <laughs> as long as well as with Weapon X is another move. And I love the, the it does the move, the ultimate combo, and then it scrolls the text of what it's called on there. And it's I great. just remember so much just shouting Berserker Barrage as a kid all the time I, you know what I was the same when like Marvel vs. Capcom was big and stuff yeah. it was just because it's so like it's there's something so iconic to that series and having Wolverine scream out Berserker Barrage yes. there's just something really really great about that like all the characters and moves and stuff though like some of them are a little hokey like yeah. Spider-Man has like Spider Sting yeah he's also got uh, Marvelous or Amazing Spider I don't know he's got something that's like the title of one of his comics <laughs> yeah they're that also, one of the other really iconic ones is uh, Captain America, Stars and Stripes. Yeah, yeah, it's so weird. It's almost like he, it, like for some reason, because well, he was super patriotic then. Like well, nowadays, I mean, he, he's, he's even not still. As, I think he is, but he's not as like hokey. Okay, fair enough. That's true. Uh, but I will say, I uh, like, and, and this is a stupid side note, but for some reason, I always think of like he yells "stars and stripes." It reminds me of like a description of like a cereal. Like <laughs> I don't it, right. There's something yeah. about it. There's just something like when whenever I would hear that, I would always think of Captain America with like a bowl of cereal and him being like, "How about a bowl of stars and stripes?" <laughs> there probably was. What are what's in your cereal, Captain America? Stars and stripes. You know, like, stars and Stripes mar- marshmallows. <laughs> Part of a balanced breakfast. Uh, I'm sure there's a cereal out there called that. Um, <laughs> one of the bag cereals right. from like one of the uh, like Malto meal or something. Yeah. I also really enjoyed Iron Man's proton cannon, which I don't even remember in the comics him ever having a giant shoulder mounted cannon, but he does in this game. I don't remember any. Com- I, I never didn't read Iron Man comics when I was younger. I was more into Spider Man and a little bit of the X Men. Uh huh. More so into Spider-Man, and uh, I never really got into Iron Man when I was younger. Um, Magneto's are pretty cool. He like shoots beams of, of magnetic energy in the ground or or throws magnetic particles at you. And then, obviously, one of my favorites is the Hulk's yeah. Gamma Crush, where he disappears <sighs> from the screen and then comes down with an asteroid <laughs> and smashes <laughs> it into you. I'm just like, where'd he go? Oh, he went to space and grabbed a giant rock, and then I was coming down to smash you. You know, I... I it almost makes me think there's a, a scene in a later comic series. Uh, there's a uh, another one of these world-shattering comic series in Marvel called yeah. Fear Itself. Yes. Uh, there's a scene where Thor knocks Hulk into space. Yeah. And it, that, the, the, as soon as you said that, that's what it makes me think of. It makes me think of like the like the hero smashing Hulk into space and be like, well, that's that. And yep. then Hulk comes back, back down with a meteor. He's so powerful. Yeah, the Hulk is ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. It, it is kind of funny that you have characters like, you know, uh, I mean, all the characters in, in this lineup are pretty powerful, I would yeah. say. But I think that there is a power difference between cer- like certain characters, like maybe like Psylocke, uh, who, who's more about speed and agility than and, just straight out power. Yeah. Fighting against like Juggernaut and uh, the Hulk. Right. And, oh, you know, Shuma Gorath, who is a elder. One of the great old ones. <laughs> it's a weird mix, but I I love it. Uh, it's yeah. it's so great, and they that's spot on with with Psylocke and her psychokinetic powers. It just it looks everything just looks so much like the comics. I just love it. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, the the art is so good. the The game looks great, and you know, I mean, the, it, this was essentially the precursor, like you said, to Marvel versus Capcom, yep. which is one of their biggest series. Which is unfortunate that in more recent years, their Marvel versus Capcom Game is kind of yeah kinda crapped out on 
us there. But uh, but yeah, for a while there, Marvel versus Capcom one, two, and then three uh, were huge, huge you know? contenders in the professional fighting uh, yeah. scene and all that stuff. Absolutely, and uh, and we owe it all to X Men: Children of the Atom and Marvel superheroes. Right, exactly. Because let's face it, I think that uh, I think. If I and I don't know for sure, but I think you know Marvel was probably like, yeah, okay, we'll let you have the the license for X Men. Let's see what you can do with it. They did a great job, and so they're like, yeah, here's all our characters. Do what you want with right, them. Right. And then after that, Capcom was like, so how about you just fight all our characters? And Marvel was like, yeah, yeah, you guys are raking in the money. Go ahead and do it. Right. You know, I'm sure there was something like that. And there is a speedrun category for this. Really? Yes. So a lot with a lot of fighting games and. Uh, I guess just fighting games or like racing games, for example. It's a lot of just like complete the from do everything from beginning to end. Oh, sure, sure. It's not, there's not like a whole lot of. Well, you can't collect everything. Yeah. Yeah. For this, it's it's just the arcade mode. Mm -hmm. So um, it was on the PS3. Uh What do you think? Which character and what time do you think it was for the first place person? I'm gonna say Wolverine. Okay, Wolverine is like everyone's go-to character, and he he's pretty well-rounded. I think in this game, uh, he's he's I I see him him in Spider-Man as being sort of like Ryu and Ken style, where they're like middle of the road. They're mm-hmm. not too you know frail and fast, and they're not too ri- ridiculously slow and powerful. So we'll say Wolverine, uh, and uh, we'll say I don't know maybe about like. Uh, there's a fair amount of like loading and stuff, so 15 minutes or something. So it was uh, first place is by Simply Eggy in eight minutes and 52 seconds. <laughs> eight minutes, okay. With Spider-Man. Okay, I can yeah. kind of see Spider-Man. And I think it's because he's fast and he, he can hit and do a lot of combos um, pretty easily. Yeah. Um, but it, it is just a, you know, first match all the way through the end to beat Thanos, and that's pretty much it. But it's it's fun to watch people just. It's, I love playing this game because I'm terrible at fighting games. <laughs> but I love playing this game because I just love wrecking people or getting wrecked by some of my favorite characters. Oh yeah, it's, that's all it's it great. Is. And uh, uh, one of uh, another kind of cool moment in the game is at the end, uh, which I think I forgot to mention. When you confront Thanos, mm-hmm. he gets all the gems right. right off the bat and immediately like has the full gem bar, and you have none. <sighs> I thought that was a neat effect. It, it is a. It is a. Devish, devilishly uh, demanding fight right there. You yes. just gotta, you gotta keep pressing buttons, or at least know the combos. I don't know. I don't know how to do that stuff. I just mash buttons. Oh, uh, I the mean, best. if it works for you, that's all that matters. Uh, you know, if you're, if you know what you're doing, then don't button mash. Right, exactly. <laughs> so let's get into some music on this game. Yeah. So the music, uh, there, there's a uh, quite a fair amount of composers here. There's three of them. The music was composed by Takayuki Iwai. Yuki Iwai and Tatsuro Suzuki. Now, Takayuki Iwai also worked on Street Fighter Alpha 3 and Darkstalkers the Night Warriors, you know, a couple of Capcom fighting games. Uh, you have Yuki Iwai, who worked on Gargoyles Quest 2 <laughs> and Mega Man X. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I, and I believe X2 as well. Uh, Tatsuro Suzuki worked on Street Fighter Alpha 2 and Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo. I, so so you have a, a really kind of uh, interesting kind of lineup of composers here. Mm-hmm. And so... There's a, a few songs that uh, uh, Chops and I wanted you to listen to. Uh, so my uh, first pick is, uh, what do we have lined up first for me? Uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. This might be my favorite. Let's give it a listen. Is that theme. that is it is it definitely reminds me of Mega Man X with that guitar. Yeah, in it, I uh, if you're familiar with the the Street Fighter games that were coming out around that time, Alpha Two, Alpha Three, uh, uh, Street Fighter Three, and 
Street Fighter 3, like Second Impact mm-hmm. and stuff. It's very reminiscent of those games. And so it's kind of interesting that it's uh, uh, like you can tell the composers are, you yeah, know, you, like their you, work you is a signature, in this, yeah. signature touch to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you had uh, uh, a theme as well to, uh, to play here, uh, Chop. So what do you have for us? I have Iron Man's theme. So let's give that a listen. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And uh, uh, Chops, there there is one more theme we have to play. Right. And I well, Stars and Stripes. Well, we do so. Let's enjoy our delicious bowls of Stars and Stripes. Oh, Craig, this is uh, tastes like freedom. I got a prize. <laughs> what is it? Freedom. <laughs> When uh, uh, the song started playing, a bald eagle flew into the studio and, and landed perched on, on your arm. <laughs> it was weird. And then uh, I don't know where Jay was store or Grim was storing this, but an American flag on a small pole landed <laughs> directly behind you. This breeze came through, and it I I don't know. It almost looked like that you were going to turn to stone. It would be a statue that we would erect outside. I uh, it, it was a it was a pretty great moment, and uh, I I was able to withstand the the claws of the bald ego eagle eagle ego yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the eagle's ego I got it yes. oh, yeah yeah he was very <laughs> egotistical for an eagle he, he was a little he was a little much a little narcissist just but. a pinch I uh, but I was able to withstand that due to a uh, balanced breakfast that I had with oh, uh, Star cereal. cereal oh boy all right uh, anything else you want to say about this game I. I just love America so oh, much. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I really, I really enjoy this game. This is if you can find this in an arcade. Now, arcades are pretty rare these days. Yes, but there's kind of been a resurgence of like barcades. Yeah, where you can kind of like go in, you have some drinks, and you know they usually like when you get a drink, they hand out tokens or whatever. If you can find this in any of those arcades out there, or if you are lucky enough to live near an arcade, uh, absolutely track down this one. It's definitely worth playing. Absolutely. All right, are you ready to switch gears again into something awful with our with our retro relapse? Are you are you okay with that? No, this is not part of a balanced breakfast. So no, it's not. Let's let's just get into it. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for retro relapse on the Legend of Retro podcast. Retro relapse. All right, so this week <sighs> it's it's a racing game. There's nothing American that's, about this. That's all I want to say. It's a racing game. It's called Impact Racing for the Sega Saturn. I, it's a very impactful game, Chops. 
<laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I hate you so much. Um, this game was developed by Funcom. Oh, honestly, oh, honestly Funcom. though, yeah, you know they are uh, not fun. <laughs> they're well and they're known. not a com. They're they're well known for Impact Racing. It's a 3D racing game set in the future. Future, future, future. Where, uh, in addition to to racing around a track, you have to get you have to finish the race within a set time. You can also destroy cars with lasers, and those cars can also destroy you. And there's like little uh, bonuses that you can do in in the race, where if you like destroy a number of cars or something, you get like a bonus race. It was, um, yeah. It was okay. It wasn't amazing it was certainly not amazing no i was a little blah about this one yeah it's uh it, it's not really much to look at it's not very pretty game the the music i don't remember a lot of Neither it's do not I. coming to my mind i don't know if it's because i blocked it out or if it was just that mundane and mediocre it's a one player racing game yeah, because that's a good idea—a one-player racing game. Yep. Without without at least another gimmick to it, at least put in something else. But you can destroy cars. And you can do that in like Road Rash, and that's better. You're not wrong there. <laughs> it's just you know there, there's there's not much good to say about this game. I uh, I was not very impressed by it. It was just so blah. Blah, yeah, it's very blah. Yeah. It's it's you know the it's very like I remember it being kind of muddy, like the the colors and stuff. Like it's not real like, muted. It wasn't pretty to look at. Well, it's funny you mentioned the word mute because here's the thing: F Zero is a game that takes place in the future. It is a racing game in the future, and it is one uh-huh. player. I say mute because of Mute City, the first track. Oh, okay. Uh, that's the joke. Uh, I didn't, didn't pick yeah, up. Yeah, you, you didn't seem like you, you looked a little confused nope. there. Uh, but yeah, the like if you look at F Zero, it's so much more fun. Uh-huh. So much more fun. And, and it actually seems futuristic. You know, it like in this, it's like you know a racing game in the future, but the cars are all the same. You just have laser rays. Mm-hmm. It was because in the future we allow people to kill each other in races. I mean, that's. That's, Pretty awful. I mean, the future isn't looking bright, chaps. <laughs> You're not wrong there, the, Craig. The future's looking very, very muddy and polygonal and not very pretty. And I... Uh, well, let's, let's, let's move forward past this and rate it so we can look to a brighter tomorrow. The only thing that's keeping me going is my love for America and cereal. Oh, God. All right. Well, I, I'm going to give this game a three out of eight. Nope. Two out of eight. <laughs> I said the word, or the number three, it seemed way too generous. Yeah. This isn't a a horrible game. It's just not a fun game. Yeah, it was very, very... Uh, I, you know what? I'll say three out of eight, only because I'm I'm having a very hard time remembering much about this game. That's why we I played it too. It's just it, there. There's very. It's very unremarkable. This this Sega Saturn racing game, and it's yes. a shame because the Sega Saturn had some potential, and it was squandered on games like this. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Sega. Thanks a lot for for impacted garbage <laughs> on wheels. <laughs> Hey, they eventually gave us the Dreamcast. Yeah. Yeah, we saw how long those systems lasted, though. <laughs> Touche. Uh, Touche. Just like our last our last episode with your Sword of the Berserk. Ugh. Yeah. If this, was, was, a, if this was a racing game in Sword of the Berserk, it would have been way better. <laughs> Wait, are, I'm just picturing Guts. On a chariot. On a chariot with a giant sword. Yep. That, that's, that sounds a lot better than this. Oh, yeah, does it? It really does. That's way better. Oh, maybe we should work on that. That's you know, let's let's put our heads together on that one, chops. Uh, yeah. So so, let's you know what? Let's put this behind us. I I want to hear a word from one of our sponsors. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month. Plus, a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Whoa, boom shakalaka! All right, 
So, let's get into it, Craig. Yeah. This week's music bracket. Now, this one's pretty exciting. It is. It is. It is. I'm I'm torn here. Now, both of these songs are great. You know, there's no two ways about it. They are both very good. But they are, like, unlike some of our other weeks, like, in previous weeks, they've been very similar, you know? Yeah, they've been been kind of in the same realm of songs, other than the Red Alert and Earthbound one. (laughs) Those were very different. Completely different. Very different. But we've had a week uh, where it was, like, two LucasArts games. You know, we had... that was crazy. And it's all random. It is, yeah. We do it random. We don't choose these games by design. We just randomize it. Yeah. And so this is a week where they are radically different from each other. The the first song we have up mm-hmm. is from Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. Uh, the score of the game was composed by Harry Gregson Williams and Norahiko Hibano, um, who also wrote the main theme, which this theme is different than the game music. Oh, yeah. Uh, which has a distinct Bond-like vocal track and is performed by Cynthia Harrell. This song is a Bond song. It is a Bond. It, song. it is basically just a Bond song, and I, uh, I, you know, I, I for for listeners who follow all of the Gamezilla Media shows out there, uh, I've been on uh, some frequent uh, Last Action podcast episodes where we talk about James Bond movies, uh-huh. Thunderball, Die Another Day, Goldfinger. We've done some roundtables where we discuss like our favorite and least favorite Bond movies. And I can guarantee that all of our friends from Last Action Podcast are just going to listen to this and be like, hey, how did I miss this Bond movie? Like, how did I miss James Bond in Snake Eater? Because right. that is what this theme is. Yes. It is a, it, it is super amazing. I, I, let's give it a listen, Chops. Walking, turning, 
firing his gun. The screen uh, kind of shakes around a bit. Blood kind of scrolls down the screen, and you have the opening to a That's James right. Bond movie. Oh my god, this song gives me ch- chills. It's so good. It is a great song. It oh is- man, that's why we played the whole thing. We had we had to play the whole thing. We had to. It's, it's yeah. It's it's definitely worth listening to the uh, the full thing. I uh, I don't care if it gives an unfair advantage to this song. <laughs> it deserves it. Well, let's. And Craig didn't jump over here to stop me, so. I'm saying it's it's welcomed by half of the group, so it flies. I, I honestly the I, I probably would have, you know, tried to, to to cut, you know, the song, you know, partway through. Uh but the bald eagle was back yes. and it was clawed at my face and we were fighting. It was weird. Uh, it had a tree frog in its mouth. <laughs> it was so, so strange. Super weird. So uh, let's, to, to balance things out, let's listen to the full to opening. balance things out. We'll listen to the full opening of our, our next song. So uh, our next song, Chops, uh, is from Donkey Kong Country, which is a far cry from uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. Yes. However, it is still a really, really good song. Yes. So the composers are David Wise, Evelyn Fisher, and Robin Beanland. The three of them worked on quite a few rare games. Uh, they worked on a bunch of the Donkey Kong Country games, and I believe David Wise was the primary composer, or at least he worked on uh, GoldenEye, which is funny because there's our connection between Snake Eater oh and Donkey God, Kong Country. I didn't even know that. Yeah, so uh, uh, David Wise worked on GoldenEye 007 for the N64, so he worked on James Bond music, which is funny because... And there's our connection. Yeah, he, Every single one of our songs have been connected in a weird way. He says that he was offered a full-time position at Rare based on his music work. So, Oh, yeah. So he, uh, uh, he, he did great work. Uh, let's go ahead and listen to the opening of Donkey Kong Country. Oh, I don't want to. You don't want me to just play Snake Eater again. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say I don't want that. It is a great song. <laughs> oh, but oh. I do right now want to listen to Donkey Kong Country. So let's give it a listen, Chops. I really dig the opening to Talking Hog Country. Uh, the music of the game I, I love in general, but I love the the fact it starts with the old timey Donkey Kong arcade music. Yeah, I was thrown off by that. And uh, and they, they kind of work some of the sound effects into the opening song, mm-hmm. which is a great, like, I think Rare did a good job of showing, hey, this isn't, you know, your parents' Donkey Kong. Like, this is a new Donkey Kong Country, you know? And so it's kind of interesting that they were able to do that through the music itself and really in, in kind of impact that uh, kind of mood of, like, this is something brand new. The bass line reminded me of another song, an actual pop song, the, mm-hmm. like... Ah, wanna be in love? That song. I don't know what the name of it is. You know what I'm talking about? That that bass reminded me first. 
I have no idea. I don't know the name of that song. Is it I Want to Be Your Lover? I'm going to look it up. <laughs> Keep talking, Craig. So, oh, chops. Chops, chops, chops. So, uh, yeah, so the, 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 both the songs are, are great. It'll be interesting to see where the things swing because, you know, we, we do emphasize more older games on our show. But technically, Snake Eater fits into that, like, you know, uh, then it's old enough. You know, so I can't find it because all it's shown as a Prince song. And I don't think it was Prince. <laughs> Maybe somebody covered a Prince song. I don't know. It was. I know the song. I don't know the name of it. It's just in my head. I'm like this with with a, a lot of music. Um, what what year did Donkey Kong Country come out? Oh, 90. What would it have been? 94 or something like that. 95. Uh, 94. Yep. 94. So this is probably after that. Oh, okay. I think this is 80s. 80s. Oh, this was an 80s song. Okay. Yeah. yeah. An 80s pop song. I gotcha. Or early 90s. Maybe they uh, took some inspiration from it. It's hard to say. Very possible. But yeah. I like I like the baseline is yeah. what I'm getting at. Uh, now, I, I, Chops, the, uh, I, I have a, a bit of a uh, unorthodox request here. We've been listening to a lot of music, right? Okay. Can we listen to the Captain America theme one more time for uh, America? I would rather listen to Snake Eater again. <laughs> Well, we can't give any unfair advantages. So yeah, we already did. <laughs> well, we listened to both the songs. I feel like con- people know which one we're going to pick, Craig. Well, listen, listen. <laughs> they have their own <laughs> votes. And you know what? They Even if they know what we might be voting, they, they at least deserve a bit of an unbiased opinion. But... It didn't, they didn't get it with that song. <laughs> Listen, well, we're going to need to bring some more democracy back into this podcast by playing Captain America's theme. We'll just have it on in the background a little bit. How about that? Is that good? It's so good. It is so American. Let's- and I can't stop eating this bowl of stars and stripes. While you're eating that delicious bowl of a balanced breakfast, let me tell you about the other great things we have to offer here at Gamezilla Media. More freedom? More freedom. Freedom to listen to the shows you like. So, go to GameZillaMedia.com. We're looking for your support to listen to all our great shows, like the GameZilla Podcast, Last Action Podcast. We've got Noobs and Dragons, Noiseland Arcade, which is our newest member of the great army of GameZilla. God, God bless. bless America. <laughs> and if you want more content, just head on over to YouTube where you can see our great retro relapse episodes and Patreon.com slash GameZillaMedia, where you can become part of the Patreon family. God bless America. Patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Also, we also support the truth. I don't know. (laughs) Make sure to join us on Facebook so you can vote because democracy does work and it is a big part and it is a driving force in this show. So be part of the democratic part of it and vote for the song that represents you. And I'm just pointing at Craig so much right now. Um, I'm, I'm suddenly, I've, I've been reminded this whole time of an Uncle Sam poster yeah. of Chops just pointing at me, but only he's in like a, a red and white and blue like suit with a top hat. We want you to vote for our <laughs> for your choice of which song goes on in the next round. And yeah. that's all I got. I don't know. I was trying to think, think of something else to, to, to just to vamp with it, and I couldn't. I uh, yeah, I definitely appreciate you guys all listening. Uh, do make sure to uh, listen to all the shows Chops mentioned. Uh, you know, make sure to join us on Facebook. Uh, even look into joining us on Discord if you'd like to uh, get in touch with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have a, a growing community there. Uh, you can find our link at gamesillamedia.com. Yeah. And uh, otherwise, uh, God bless America, <laughs> and we'll see you next time when, when the, the legend, legend continues. continues.